Hi. This is Better Read Than Dead. It's a literature podcast from a left perspective. I'm Megan. I'm Tristan. I'm Katie. And today we are going to be talking about Robinson Crusoe, which is Daniel Defoe's 1719 novel about a guy who gets shipwrecked, spends 28 years as a castaway on a Caribbean island, and is really into bookkeeping. So why did we choose Robinson Crusoe? Yeah, um, I am absolutely obsessed with this fucked up novel, uh, which you you guys both both know. Yeah. Um, I I've been reading it uh, repeatedly for about a decade now. I've taught it. I've I've written about it. Um, it's the first chapter of my dissertation. Uh, I'm I'm probably still going to be writing about it when I die. I think. Um, and and that's because I just find it crazy and bewildering for all kinds of reasons. Uh, for one thing, if you study empire and particularly the British Empire, Robinson Crusoe's cultural and political and historical footprints really can't be ignored. Um, I mean, it's a novel that's absolutely central to the colonizer self-imagining. It spawned a huge body of castaway literature that's still being produced today. Um, there's actually this whole 19th century genre called the Robinsonade, uh, of which Swiss Family Robinson, which became the Disney movie, is one example. Um, Derek Walcott, the, the 20th and 21st century St. Lucian poet, uh, famously referred to Robinson Crusoe as our profane genesis. Um, but at the same time, I, I do think its politics are pretty incoherent, um, even as it goes about articulating the whole conceptual framework of what would become uh, liberal imperialism, um, certainly in the 19th century. It's very much preoccupied with the ways in which that framework fails to do what it pretends that it will, um, I, I, about the centrality of violence to empire of the resistance and refusal of the colonized um, and, you know, not not to at all overlook the shitty colonialist politics, uh, purely as a work of literature, it's it's quite innovative. Um, Defoe is, is a very early English novelist, and Crusoe has often been taken as one of the first novels in English. Um, there are some problems with that narrative, which we we can talk about if we want to. But I also think there is, um, you know, there, there is a way in which that's actually true as well. So I did not want to read this novel again um <laughs> i have a hard time describing how much i wanted not to read it um <laughs> tristan as of this september tristan will have made me read this book reread it like three times <laughs> <laughs> and that can only be described as a series of escalating personal attacks <laughs> like bordering on a hate crime and <laughs> this book is like mostly lists and descriptions of a guy building building things um like like a boy scout like a boy scout listing everything they have to bring to camp and then every part of building the things they brought to camp and like a boy scout he totally cheats and has everything he needs from the beginning <laughs> uh okay so that being said i have heard very smart people tristan included say really smart things about this book and that's interesting it's one of those books i think that produces really vibrant commentary even though reading it is like an awful chore but there's lots of books like that i think uncle tom's cabin is a good example of like a book that i find horrifying to read but i learn a lot from what people say about it um katie do you love reading that book i love reading that book i would read it right now just for fun okay i thought you would like feel that way about it i feel like that about native son which is my white whale um but i suspect this is also one of those books 
that has been really vitalized historically speaking by like historicism, the way we think of these things as being sort of inaugural in terms of talking about liberal politics. Um, I take that really seriously. Uh, I guess like at a theoretical level, I should care about the rise of the novel because we talk about novels on this podcast, but um, I sort of can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. I would just say uh, lists and descriptions of a guy building things. Um, you must have some pretty weird ideas about what fine literature is. If that doesn't just <laughs> immediately appeal to you. And I would, I would like to, to add uh, Adam uh, that we, that we are, we are about to wade through all 50 gazillion pages of Ulysses. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. There are dick jokes in Ulysses. So that alleviates you, some of that. If you can't find the dick jokes in Robinson Crusoe, it's because you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> so okay. it's so, so boring. It's so That's boring. on you. Look in the mirror. Well, I'm never taking back my feelings about this. And I've read it four times. It's not like I haven't tried. <laughs> um, also, just to ret- I'd like to return to um, your jab at the Boy Scouts uh, because <laughs> because this is a novel about bad choices. And um, one of my favorite bad choices I've ever made was in college. I briefly dated an Eagle Scout. And, um, during that, uh, during that, during that short and terrible time in my life, uh, (laughs) Tuesday was my favorite night because it was wing night at the dining hall and he had his scout meeting. So I knew I wouldn't have to see him. (laughs) (laughs) So you could both eat yourself to the point of death and not see him. It was, it was great. I loved Tuesdays. (laughs) That sounds like a very college – yeah, I think that's like a very college uh, attitude right there. Yeah, it was a bit about right. So, Katie, why did you want to reread Robinson Crusoe? There's no good reason, but tell us that. <laughs> <laughs> and you will receive no credit for any answer. Um, <laughs> so I fucking love Robinson Crusoe. Uh, I do like to re-peruse my Instacart lists for hours at a time, so maybe that's just like <laughs> – Maybe that's just my thing that that I'm having. Um, but also, it's a it, there's a nostalgia factor about Robinson Crusoe for me because the first time I read it was in this intro to the novel class, which was like my first ever college lit class, and it was really exciting. And my professor was like my favorite professor ever, and. Every time going to that class was like a psychologically damaging experience. He he made somebody cry every class. Like if they came in late, he would just like he would just like eviscerate them. If somebody had to pee, he was he would give like a lecture on how we all needed to slightly dehydrate ourselves so as not to interrupt the room. Um, and my very favorite time was one time I was waiting to see him during office hours. And uh, I'm like standing there, standing there, and I hear crying, so I know what's about to happen. And this girl comes out like red faced with snot all over her, looking like he had looking like they had pulled up the first ten minutes of Up on YouTube, and just like he fucking ruled. Um, and so it was like it was this like it was this terrifying and magical experience reading Robinson Crusoe, and um. Uh, I'll just I'll always love it because of that. Um, it's also so this book is like funny as shit. 
because it is all about his mishaps and misadventures trying to survive alone on an island. So he does he does this stuff that's just like it's it's like all bad ideas. It's like <laughs> bad idea theater. <laughs> and I would like to fit it into this category of literature uh, that I will call fail sun lit. And so like, it's, it's just like, it's a guy who finds himself in like awful situations that are absolutely purely his no one to blame, but himself. It also is, um, we've so read a lot of those. We, ha- we, that's it's most of literature. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> it's it's, most of it. it sure is. The thing that I like about it, though, one thing that I really, really like about the novel is that um, L- Robinson Crusoe knows that he's a dipshit. And so he's like, he like flags it for you. But the way that the whole thing winds up is that it's like, it's like you two have seen the movie The Ring, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So it's like you watch this VHS tape and then you get a phone call. And then a girl with like long hair comes out of your TV. She crawls out of a well and, and kills you in some awful way. And so like, but some people don't get killed by her. But so, so Robinson Crusoe is like the guy is like a guy from the ring who manages to escape and then decides his next hobby is going to be collecting old spooky VHS tapes and just like, <laughs> like, like, what is the dumbest thing I could do to possibly get myself in trouble? And I love that energy, and I love him. God. <laughs> yeah, and indoors. Totally indoors. Also, so many goats. Holy shit. This whole book is about goats. Yeah. He's friends with lots of goats and cats, too. He's kind of a cat person. He is He is like the – is Right, the except he cats. shoots like 90% of the cats. This is like he has to keep the population under control. Okay, oh. this is the fucking funny as hell too. Because <laughs> he's like, I have two cats, and I'm sure that they're both girls. Yeah. So it's just like he, <laughs> right. Just like he can't find, he couldn't find one of the cats' dicks, and so yeah. like there's a million billion cats so, everywhere. I, I, yeah, actually, that doesn't strike me as uh, that uh, unheard of because my my grandmother, my my dearly uh, departed grandmother, who was who was a farmer, she grew up a farmer. Uh, she was completely incapable of differentiating the the sexes of animals, uh, and so I remember we had the, she had this tomcat, this very randy tomcat named Pearly May, who <laughs> had. So many, so many little little bastard cats running around all over the place. <laughs> oh, God, what a guy. Yeah. Uh, so today we are going to talk about community and government, money and commodities and boats and goats and cats. Okay, so Tristan, tell us uh, about the context of this novel. More interesting than the novel. <laughs> no, gladly, and, and I actually do. I, I mean, I, I, I think that w- that that is right. That I like why, uh, why I. Uh, I mean, I am a little bit into the uh, the, the building stuff. Uh, it's I guess it's kind of like watching somebody play Minecraft, I, which yeah, might, you know. Uh, but anyway, but but, but aren't I, you mad that they whack a hole in a boat? Like they just they stay yeah, the there, on it. there is some boat violence that i'm not super down <laughs> with but, <laughs> but trigger but, warning 
Yeah, yeah, um, no, but it, it's uh, but but I do think it's the 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 context uh, and the light it sheds on its context is 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 why I'm I'm kind of so fascinated by it. Um, yeah, and so I I think that to 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 understand the political context of the novel, um, we also have to talk a little bit about Defoe himself's uh, various political commitments and biography. Uh, so Daniel Foe. Uh, the DE is his own Frenchification that he added as an adult uh, to see basically to seem fancier. I mean, that's why he did that. Um, uh, he, he's born in 1660 to um, basically a, a Puritan family. Um, the correct uh, the term is dissenters, uh, meaning people who dissented from the established Church of England. Um, and Puritans are just one subset of of that. Um, and the the foes are members of the emerging um, uh, petty bourgeoisie. Um, his dad is a is a London candle maker. And Defoe himself was was a merchant prior to being a writer. Um, eventually, he went bankrupt one too many times and had to kind of give up on business. So he was um, he, he was bad at business, uh, although although he was very interested in it um, as a concept. Um, he's interested in it. He's, he's, no, yeah, I mean that's what yeah. he wrote about for his whole career uh, is, is is essentially money and finance and in novel form. Um, but uh, bo- both of those facts are significant for Robinson Crusoe uh, because, for one thing, ostensibly this novel purports to be a spiritual biography, um, which I'm sure Katie, you can uh, talk more about. But um, it's this Puritan and descending tradition of literature uh, in the 17th and 18th, 19th centuries that's all about cataloging your life of sin and redemption. Um, And Crusoe is supposed to be writing from this place of reflection on his sinful youth, imparting the moral and theological lessons that he learned during his long years of solitude. Um, so that so that's that's one uh, aspect of the novel. Um, the second, I think, is is the economic aspect. Um, anyone who has read this novel has rolled their eyes at how much uh, goddamn time he spends on bookkeeping. Something uh, <laughs> Megan has already uh, uh, keeps yeah. it on. Um, you know, he, he does list every single item he has or makes on the island in detail. Um, and it's also the catalog of production. So um, Crusoe spends pages and pages and pages talking about how he made a fucking bench or a chair or planted a field. Uh, and the late 17th and early 18th centuries is the beginning of what is recognizably a regime of capital. Um, and a lot of critics have sort of seen um, the celebration of the Puritan work ethic or industry or just the economic logic of record keeping itself in the novel as working through this emergent new economic system. Um, But I think to me, the most interesting and frankly bizarre aspect of Robinson Crusoe is the theory of government that it offers. Uh, So as a dissenter, Defoe was also a lifelong opponent of royal absolutism. Um, And in the the 17th and 18th centuries, religious dissenters are usually political Republicans and vice versa. Um, Small R Republicans, of course, meaning people who uh, favor a republic rather than a monarchy. Um, you know, in fact, when, when Defoe was 25, he was very nearly hanged for participating in a rebellion against James II, um, which happened three years before um, James was successfully deposed in the Glorious Revolution of 1688. Um, Defoe is super into John Locke, um, in this case, Locke wearing his Republican political theorist hat, um, and his ideas about government by consent of the governed. Um, so Locke is one of these uh, 17th century political thinkers who develops the idea of the state of nature. Uh, which is a pre-social period in human development that ends, um, Locke thinks, when people decide to band together for their mutual benefit. Um, and, and scholars have read Crusoe's Island as attempting to allegorize uh, just that. But I would say that if the novel is a fantasy of Republican government or how you get to Republican government out of the state of nature, 
that makes all these moments when Crusoe talks about himself as uh, king and lord of all this country indefeasibly, which is a direct quote, uh, pretty weird and, and really troubling. And I think the novel knows that those moments are troubling in a way that we can't fully explain uh, just by citing 18th century racist and imperialist ideology. The state of nature here. Uh, the What's most natural, of course, I think we can all agree, is um, is being naked, right? It's the most natural. You're feeling yourself. You're wearing your birthday suit. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, it's how you're born. <laughs> um, Except I think his uniform love- is just shirt, no pants, right? Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> he's yeah. dressed like Winnie the fucking Pooh. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's dressed like Winnie the Pooh for like 25 years. Yeah. yeah. It, right. He makes because he's like, he's got this claim that if the, the sun is too like it's actually too hot to, to be na- <laughs> to like not temperature. Have a shirt. Hot, yeah. Yeah. So he makes himself this this getup of goat skins, which he wears in the tropics. They actually the the early editions of it have this these like remarkable like uh sketches of this guy just like yeah like wearing the kind of shit that you would expect someone hunting like polar bears in siberia to be wearing right so he i I just want to say like as i'm reading this novel i'm always thinking how awesome he and everything within 100 feet of him must smell at all times yeah Uh, yeah yeah yep also he has a a a, he has a razor so he can shave but he chooses (laughs) to like grow a huge Brooklyn barista mustache. (laughs) It's just like that is his that that's the look that he's going for. Yes. And it's just for him. He's not doing it to be cool. He's just just for him. He just needs he's he probably can't even see it. He's just he can only see it when he looks down at his own lip. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, he has the rain gear, which is his goat skin uniform, and then he has his like shirt, no pants. Yep. Shirt. No pants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird. I, I don't know. It, it, it's also like, so Defoe, uh, you know, he never went to the tropics. Like, he, like he's, <laughs> he's, he, so it breaks. You mean they just, don't so, have wild goats there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it actually, no, that, that they did. And, and, um, that's what, so the, the Spanish in like the 16th century would like, when they would find an island, they would leave goats there. Like, oh, well, if we ever come back to this island, now there'll be goats. Um, but so, but so that, that, that actually is sort of like a weird, like, uh, one thing I think we can talk about today is like how this like quote unquote desert island is always already part of imperial trade networks, even though it pretends it's like this very separate space that, I, yeah, I mean, even the presence of the goats themselves is like, yeah, this is already a space that's marked by kind of colonial contact. We got goats. Mm-hmm. We got turtles. Mm-hmm. We got birds. <laughs> we got that talk back. <laughs> we got parrots. We we mentioned penguins. I don't know if they're it's really a penguin. We gotta kill <laughs> a bunch of cats to keep them from taking over. We yes. <laughs> yeah, we got cats. We got we got a dog. We got we got it all. And then later and we have wolves. Yeah. So we have everything. Um, menagerie. The animals thing, like I, I don't. We maybe we'll get into it. There's so many fucking animals on this island, and one of the funniest parts of this whole book is when Robinson Crusoe goes. He like makes a he makes an ill advised journey around like to the other side of the island. And he <laughs> finds like he's like he he finds like an ass load of tortoises there, yes, and yes. like a bajillion birds. Right. Which are presumably like just shitting everywhere. And yeah. he's like, he's like, oh man, 
I picked the wrong side of the island. Like, this is the good side. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. So he sets up his summer home. What does he call it? Yeah, his – oh, yeah. No, his, con- his country – His country uh, house. His country, country house. house, yes. It, yeah. Yeah, he uh, – yeah, he, he he has like separate estates on this island. Um, of course he does. He's a he's kid. He's putting his naked but, butt on everything. But <laughs> you know the, <laughs> the the animals too are uh like so one um you know kind of yet another sort of like weird messy political aspect of this is uh uh or, or that that uh, has been uncovered through animal studies. Actually, one of my one of my favorite uh, professors at at Chicago, Heather Keenley's side, is that's something she writes about like like that that the 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 animal uh in in, in Crusoe and like what that tells us about like how the novel wants to envision political community. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's super, it's super weird. And, and like, um, yeah, I mean, just the, 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 the cat situation uh, is, is so <laughs> fucking. Poli- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the other thing is like, he, he is when he starts to talk about being King of the Island, he's like, I am King of my old dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yes, true. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He, yeah. That's really good. Okay. Should I do this? Not should I do the synopsis now? Yeah, tell us what the book is yeah. about. Okay, um, yeah, and it's it's actually fairly straightforward to summarize. Um, so so Robinson Crusoe is the third son of the family and not bred to any trade, as the, as the novel tells us. Um, and he's born in 1632 to a York family occupying the quote upper station of low life. Um, so they're bourgeoisie essentially, and you know, fuck off, libs. I'm going to use that term because it it works. Uh, that that's what they are. I mean, they're the emer- They're the uh, they they are a, a a family that's associated with the rising kind of finance capital and trade. Um, so despite his father's wishes that he move out of the basement and be a lawyer or something, <laughs> uh, Robinson really wants to see the world. His father thinks this is a terrible idea, but Robinson is all, you know, fuck you, dad, you don't get me. And he runs off to sea, um, which the novel tells us is his, quote, original sin, uh, not not listening to his father. Um, he joins a slaving voyage to West Africa, is himself taken as a slave by Barbary pirates. Uh, with the help of another slave, a, a North African boy named Zuri, he escapes um, and then promptly sells Zuri into slavery to a Portuguese captain who picks them up as they're kind of adrift on the uh, middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and to be clear, Crusoe is a, a terrible person, like absolutely terrible. Um, and I am curious to hear what you guys think on this point. Um, but I think one uh, or I, I think that the novel uh, sort of knows he's a terrible person in some ways. Um, but I, I, I think, think that's it mostly open. thinks he's an idiot, right? Like this is Katie's yeah. point that he's just like a failure. Yeah. Yeah, I I, th- I think I think that's I think that's right. Um, somewhat complicated by Defoe's sort of insistence on, uh, like kind of conflating himself with Crusoe at points. But but yeah, I am um, um anyway. Um, but so yeah, so he winds up in Brazil where he miraculously comes to acquire a fairly prosperous plantation. Um, you know, the, again, the novel is is pretty explicit as to how embedded in the slave trade Crusoe is throughout, um, his his travels. Um, and so on a voyage to acquire more slaves, he shipwrecks somewhere in the Caribbean and spends the next 28 years on this desert island. Um, and I think overall, he seems to be having a fairly good time. Like he's got a country house and shit, right? Like, uh, you know, miraculously, once again, he has a ton of shit with him, uh, you know, guns, knives, iron, a razor, uh, because the wrecked ship uh, ends up being easily accessible to him for in time for him to get like virtually everything off of, of the ship. Um, and so he sort of bought, builds this private fiefdom for himself oh and Um, i I feel like we should note that he has a reasonably significant amount of money with him on the ship 
Yes, there we are. Yes, which yes. he yes, there's this great there's this great oh, moment. Oh, it's so funny. There's it's this so great funny. moment where he because he's like, oh, money's not useful to. So yeah, like I I smiled to myself at the sight of this money, oh drug, and I said aloud, "What art thou good for? Thou art not worth to me. No, not the taking off of the ground. One of these knives is worth all this heap. I have no manner of use for thee. Even remain where thou art and go to the bottom of, uh, as a creature whose life is not worth saving. However, upon second thoughts, <laughs> I took it away. Like right. Right, you know, it's just like, yeah. yeah. So he yeah. has he has all this useless money with him on the island. Um, again, it's, you know, I, I, I this sort of like state of nature that is like deeply embedded in imperial networks of exchange. Um, so yeah, so he's having a good time. He sees a human footprint, <gasps> right? Um, yeah. And he just, dis- he discovers that the island is frequented by not white people um, who practice cannibalism, uh, pro- you know, in cannibalism is probably the cent- uh, central fear uh, of the other stereotype in 18th century imperialist literature. Like any, anyone who is not from Europe who is encountered, it's like, Oh, they're probably a cannibal is like the, the conceit. Um, he spends the next, like, I don't know, 50 pages terrified that he's going to be eaten. Um, eventually he rescues one of these natives, uh, from another, uh, kind of, uh, uh from another tribe who had like captured him in, in battle. Um, and Crusoe names, uh, this person that he rescues Friday, uh, or renames rather, um, because that's the day <laughs> of the week he thinks it is, although it isn't actually the day of the week cause he lost track of time. Um, you know, uh, Friday, of course, immediately acquiesces to being Crusoe's quote slave forever. Uh, a few years later, an English ship that's been taken over by mutineers shows up. Crusoe and Friday help the captain get his ship back. He takes them back to Europe. Crusoe and Friday live happily and racistly ever after the end. <laughs> okay. So this whole thing, right? <laughs> this whole thing where he acquiesces, like he acquiesces to being Crusoe's slave forever. It's so fucking funny because he's like, okay. So he's like, Friday didn't say anything, but what I heard is that he's going to be my slave forever. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. So he, he rescues Friday. They, they share no language in common at this point. And Friday like kneels down at his feet and puts Crusoe's foot on his head. Like this, this gesture. Yes. Which, which, which Crusoe immediately, I mean, first of all, it's like, again, this is like the fantasy of a white dude sitting in England, you know, uh, and that, 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 that like, oh yes, of course, this is what this, 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 uh, this, this native from the, the Caribbean would do, but right. But so there's that aspect of it that's already fucked up. But then also that Crusoe is just so blithely, it's like, oh, well, clearly what this is signifying is that he will be my slave forever. That's what this means, you know? (laughs) And there's also that speech also, act he, where he says like i taught him the word master and that's what i was to him yes I'm like what the fuck that's yes not how yeah. that works <laughs> yeah nope. exactly right yeah it's yeah um yes he's sort of he's sort of like is uh in control of friday's access to english and so like yeah that vocabulary of like subservience and submission that's all coming from crusoe which he seems to not at all recognize i'm into it well, also, I mean, who if you encountered like this dude wearing goat skins who smells <laughs> terrible, like wouldn't you? I would be like, yeah, this I'm. This is, this is my leader right from yeah. yeah. This this is true love. Yeah, this is my <laughs> this is my master from now on. Yep, let me put his foot anywhere he wants it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the fact that like so there there is this turn in the novel like about 120 pages in where it becomes breathtakingly clear that Defoe is a foot guy. <laughs> oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah. 
And so he like he's he is like DMing everyone for feet pics. He uh, it is all it is like it is foot central. And this is like the the footprint thing, I think we'll probably talk about it, but it is like it is bizarre and ill-conceived and makes no fucking sense and is just I think an excuse to write about a foot. And he like describes the foot. He describes a foot. He's like it was a yeah. foot. It had toes, it had a heel, it had all the <laughs> yeah. foot parts. Yeah, yeah. And it's certainly not what I've been afraid of this whole novel heretofore, which is swimming lions that attack ships for some reason. Right, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You know, like lions do. No, I get, yeah, right. That like when they're when Zuri and Crusoe are sailing along the coast of West Africa, right? There's this thing that, yeah, see, a swimming like lion shark, shark lion. Uh, again, I mean, you know, I do, it's the, the, just that like the, the, the confidence of like this world that's like, yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think Defoe was ever off the island of Britain. I mean, he, he may have gone across the channel or something like that, but just like, yes, I, I know exactly what this place, these places I've never been to are like, um, you know. The other thing about the lion too is that so he shoots the lion, um, but he kills it in the way that like so Michael Scott from The Office <laughs> talks about going hunting one time <laughs> and how he killed a deer and he's <laughs> like, yeah, I shot it like I shot it in the leg and 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 I couldn't I couldn't really kill it so I had to beat it to death with a shovel and it took like six hours uh, and that is like how he kills this lion. Yeah. He's like I shot it in the leg and that didn't really work and so I had to shoot it like fourteen more times and then Zuri had to skin it because quote unquote like he's better at that than me. Right. Uh, and then he proceeds to lay on it himself. Like, <laughs> but but it's just like fully that is like Robinson Crusoe in a nutshell. You know, Absolutely. like oh yeah. He yep. fucks up killing the lion and he's like, no, Zuri, you do it. Like if, when I do the dishes, I just mess them up worse. And <laughs> yeah. like that's his whole that's his whole steez right there. Yep. That's true. Tristan, uh, I this yeah. is the question about like what what however we figure out the word community here, whether it's expansive or particular. Right. So, okay. So I mean, and I know this, I think this is a really important question. Um, and I think that one so okay, so like people that want to, and this is a long tradition. I mean, going all the way back to like seventeen nineteen, people who want to see Crusoe calling himself king as like kind of a joke, or sometimes like someone who is like becoming increasingly deranged in solitude. Like it's like, yeah, no, here, how can you be a community of one? But I think that's why I think the money thing and like the the degree to which the island is always already part of like imperial networks of exchange is super important because i don't think this is like a place of solid or place it's carved off for you, you know what i mean like and 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 like and, and so, but i mean like okay so we take it as a state of uh, like you know a lockean state of nature um you say it can't be it's not a commons because like the land is not you know there's only one person there I, but i just don't, well one i think that that is why the footprint um ultimately is so unset like when he discovers the footprint is so fucking unsettling to him because it's like oh yeah wait actually this already is a social space and so like where does that lead leave me i mean part of it is that yeah he is he's afraid he's gonna get eaten but i think the other thing is that like oh his whole concept of who he was and his relationship to this this place is like it can and 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 more importantly the relationship of him as european 
to this like virgin and scare quotes like un- unclaimed you know in scare quotes land suddenly isn't sustainable anymore but it's also that he's particularly english and we know this because like he can't be a fucking spaniard and also like yeah whenever he meets people yeah. who speak another language he's like oh, no 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 i don't like he's he's angry about it right um yeah so so actually there 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 were there were two there were two passages that i thought that we might look at um and one megan that you're 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 talking about right now um so so after he sees the footprint um he spends like 20 pages being just terrified uh and then he's like then it turns to like rage right he's gonna he's gonna fuck it he's gonna like set an ambush for these cannibals and he's gonna kill them right and then like he but then he like has time to think about it. Um, and and this is the this is the decision. He, this is the the place he comes to. Um, so in, in the next place, it occurred to me that albeit the usage they thus gave one another was thus brutish and inhuman. Yet it was really nothing to me. These people had done me no injury that if they attempted me or I saw it necessary for my immediate preservation to fall upon them, something might be said for it. But that as I was yet out of their power and they had really no knowledge of me and consequently no design upon me, and therefore it could not be just for me to fall upon them, that this would uh, justify the conduct of the Spaniards in all their barbarities practiced in America and where they destroyed millions of these people who, however, they were idolaters and barbarians and had several bloody and barbarous rites in their customs, such as sacrificing human bodies to their idols, were yet, as to the Spaniards, very innocent people. And that the rooting them out of the country is spoken of uh, with the utmost abhorrence and detestation by even Spaniards themselves at this time. Um, now, that is like that is a very 18th century British justification for British imperialism, right? That that is like, yeah, the, the, what the Spanish did, this very absolutist model that's all about domination. That's not what we're doing. We are like these these, these kind of benefic- beneficent uh, uh, like avatars of progress. And we're coming to quote civilize like these spaces right so like Mm -hmm. so there so but but what i think is interesting is that you know so he he lays that path that framework out and yet what does he ultimately end up doing he and with friday's help ends up killing a lot of natives right and and like right and i like now i like People will justify that or say not justify, but people will explain this like Crusoe thinks that like because like he sees them about to kill Friday or about to you know kill these other people later that that gives him the sort of justification for, for the violence. It's just very hard for me to think that the novel thinks that it's that unproblematic, given this very detailed like rejection of colonial violence in the Spanish context that he gives at that earlier moment. You know what I mean? Well, because I think he doesn't, yeah, because that's the interesting part is, is what is colonial violence? Because he, what he says is that um, the the whole problem is that it's not a crime, uh, the, them killing um, a captive is not a crime against him, as you said, and it's not a crime um, that he needs to be involved in because it's a national crime mm-hmm. and God deals with national crimes. Right. Whereas w- a person could be expected to intervene in a particular crime, which is like what I, w- what I think he's doing when Friday gets involved because then it becomes particular. Mm-hmm. But, but the idea and like the fantasy, cause he is like, go, he's going to do like Gran Torino. Like, you know, like, yeah. And then he's like, no, then he gets like slightly, ever so slightly woke. Right. Um, but 
his like association with Friday gives him this this justification where like the same thing that's happening looks totally different to him. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I do like I want to be clear that I do like I, I think this is an explicitly imperialist novel. Like I'm not I'm not debating that at all. And I think that it wants to sort of resolve the moral questions that it poses. I just think that the way it poses them is like I like I think it's I think the novel is probably more like aware of like the philosophical um it, its own philosophical incoherence. In, in a way, you, you know what I mean? That, that it, yeah. it, it's more aware of that than it might let on, um, even maybe even to itself. You know what I mean? Like that, that maybe Defoe kind of thinks that he has resolved questions that he kind the question he asked was actually much more interesting than like the, the, the shitty answer mm-hmm. he gives, if that makes sense. There's, yes. Yeah, so there's like two ways that we answer a question in this novel. And like one is that Robinson Crusoe will say something like, um, it it is often the case that in our minds the fear of the thing is in fact much more tremendously terrifying than the experience of its actuality. Right. Mm-hmm. And like so he'll distill it to something. But like the end so, so like that's way less interesting than like than like he takes 40 pages and he's like, I was dreaming about killing them. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, dream yeah. about it every day. I got my guns. I got all my guns. I got them. I got my guns and I was like, God, is this okay? Is this chill And then he like goes, he's like circling back and circling back. So like so like the whole like the distilled wisdom is like way less interesting than his periods of psychosis about whatever fucking thing that's going yeah, on. Yes, right. exactly. That, exactly. Well, and he I mean, um, is it not right, too, that there is like he he has to go in this direction, too, because like he can't have mastery over these people. Right. And he can't have mastery over Friday. So it is that it's particular, but also that he has command of the way that relationship operates. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because he saves him. So it's not like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a different thing to, to kill someone because someone else's salvation is at play when it's a national Mm -hmm. crime, that's just a different crime altogether, like a different genre of crime altogether. Yes. Mm -hmm. It goes back to the thing. So he makes this list of like, he makes a pro con list about what's going on with his life. <laughs> right. And the the way that he frames it is that it's about, so it's like debtor or creditor. Uh, and that's sort of the same thing that's going on with him in Friday, where he's like, in that relationship, he's a debtor and I'm a creditor. Yes. And so that's mm-hmm. why I have that, like, that's why I get to say what's what and put my foot wherever I yeah, feel like. Right. Right. And and that like actually that, you know, like to the extent that like you, you, like the, this does sort of resolve in Lockean terms, like that actually like Locke's um Locke's defense of slavery, which again, you know, I <laughs> the, the, I think there's a sort of, there's there's a sort of liberal tradition that I think thinks that like, oh no, like Locke was on the right path, but he just uh, like he he wasn't fully woke yet. It's like, no, like the existence of slavery is like deeply embedded in his entire account of like what yeah. civil society yeah. looks like. But the justification he gives like for why this is okay um you know because he's a very the social contract guy like consent of the governed is that like oh okay but if it's like a war situation or like where when someone has basically come like they have like ceded their life to you then like essentially you can own them forever uh because that because yeah because they they have like placed themselves in this like permanent like debtor like creditor mm-hmm. relationship right. to each other um which is super a uh, super woke awesome guy john Locke, <laughs> right like yeah um 
But but like you know what is interesting and, and like yeah and I think that I think that that's right like I think that that's the way the novel thinks that like the like why why Crusoe's like sort of absolute authority over Friday is okay um, is is this very sort of like racist logic but I do think it's interesting though that like one. Um, you know, all these lines earlier when he's talking about, you know, that I'm the majesty, the prince and lord of the whole island. And I, I had the lives of all my subjects in my absolute command. And he says at an earlier point when he seems to just be talking about animals. Well, the first human that shows up Friday comes exactly into that framework but also even when europeans start to arrive like he may like there's this great that katie we were talking about before the show started like he runs out of ink at one point which makes no fucking sense uh, no. but but yet somehow when europeans arrive he has some sort of doc or some way that they could side over that they just recognize his absolute authority right. on the island and aren't going to question it you know yes. like yes so, yeah and which is so like very anti like meant more of them but there's also this like I don't know why this is related to me, but maybe it's just because it happens in the same kind of period of time. But when he and Friday are hanging out with like the captain of the ship and the captain's like, oh, they mutinied, um, but I'm the good guy. And they're like, well, I guess you must be the good guy because you're the first guy I saw. And this is the story you yeah, told. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. And I'm like, yeah. I guess this isn't any, you know, certainly not most books that i'm familiar <laughs> with where it's like, you deserved it. No, this is just like, well, you're the boss. So we're going to listen to the boss. Yep. Yep. So just uh, cuz I can't I literally I I can't not now that you brought up the ink thing. Yeah, um, yes, please. Th- there are two things that like or or there's more than two things, but one thing that hilariously makes no sense is the ink. Yeah. It's like this big huge thing where he's like I've been keeping this journal that he then like reproduces in the text so you get like you re-get the stories that he's just fucking told about like uh, how much you know his earthenware vessels and how many he had. I he broke gets, like, the first thirty, and then I had to figure out new methods of putting yeah. them in the fire. <laughs> 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 so, so we have like we have that, and then he's like, um, I, I had to like really cut down my ink usage because the ink is getting really low, and so we don't. So I can only document the most important things, and it's it's just like. So I, I couldn't really write anything. So like then what the fuck is this book? Just like your your best recollections of 25 years of shit. But also like, in, and Tr- Tristan and I both had this thought immediately. You have a bajillion fucking ghosts. Yeah. They're all <laughs> full of blood. Like just take some of the blood from one of the goats and write with it. The other thing is <laughs> the footprint scene. Yes. So like, okay. So he fucking sees a footprint shits his britches or he doesn't shit his britches because he's not wearing pants <laughs> and he's like holy fuck um could it be the devil like is it the devil yeah. and then he's like no it's probably not the devil because like if it was the devil then like he wouldn't have put it there because like how would he know i would see it and um all this shit and so it's one footprint it's one it's one fucking foot because God was carrying him down the beach. <laughs> and that's why there's only one. But it's one foot. And it is there. And he's like, maybe I imagine the foot. And then he's like, no, I'm going to go back and like take a I'm going to really look at the foot. I'm going to put my foot next to that mm-hmm. foot. And we're just going to see what's what. And he goes back to this foot <laughs> that is there. Three days later. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, what 
F- what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And what why is it what what happened to foot number 2? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. That's the thing to me. Also like this is I think this is like the, I always figured that this happened like on a sad dude kind of. It's like how long do you think footprints stick around exactly. you know like, <laughs> like, like wind. there's there's wind yeah you, you could go back yeah. to a footprint and yeah. like put your foot it this doesn't make any sense no i had it thought doesn't. of it as being like in mud like at the edge of a riverbank but it doesn't make any sense i i mean that doesn't help that much no, it doesn't. Yeah, but also, like, Katie's going, like, well, where is the other foot? How is it there just right. one fucking foot? Yeah, foot. Like, yeah, totally. Oh, but, um, but that doesn't come up. But, but that's not, he's like, maybe it's the devil. Like, well, why would the devil, sure, like, the devil, the what, the devil has one foot that he put down? Right. Yeah, right. I know. I know. <laughs> well, and yes, then he's, he's like, yeah. I bet it was mine. Was it my foot? I feel pretty comfortable with yeah. this conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. He's like, sometimes I fancied it must be the devil. And reason joined in it with uh, with me upon this supposition. Right. Because yep. like anytime you're That's trying to read went. something out, it's the, it's the devil. Might yeah. have been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I don't know. I, so I guess like the, you know, like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And I guess like, okay, well, so maybe that makes the sort of like it's symbolism uh like even like bigger mm-hmm. in some ways because like it's yeah it's like the indelible footprint of like sociality and like <laughs> networks that is just in the yeah. fucking landscape um but yeah it, yeah it, it also marks yeah, this change really for him weird. where he's like his pro con list is like i can't i haven't i don't have anybody to talk to and then he sees this foot and he's like i tremble at the apprehension of seeing another person yes yes exactly yes it, that is like okay so that also to me was like it's sort of and i don't have a good reference for this so this is just like a dumbass thing that i'm about to say um but it's like you know those long jokes where like you accident like somebody accidentally prays about something and gets the like gets the wrong thing oh yeah yeah, yeah. it is like he's like oh send me a person send me a person send me a person and then he's like and then you get to the end of the joke and it's like, I met a white person. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> no, he totally right, meant yeah. a white person. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and, and well, this is just like to be the, the um, like, you know, I, I think that this is like relates to the question of like, why the fuck does he have so much stuff with him? Like, I mean, what the, because. What's that? Yes. Well, right. And, and here's the thing. So, like, there are source texts for this. Um, like, I think the most, um, the most, or the one that people think Defoe had most in mind was this dude named Alexander Selkirk. He's a Scottish sailor yes. that gets left on this island. He gets marooned. Like, basically, he's with a ship. And I think they're like, dude, you suck. Fuck off. We're just leaving <laughs> you on this island. And, like, no, I, I really don't know that. He, maybe he was a lovely man. I don't know. But, like, he, <laughs> but, I'm going to assume but he, he was but, not. You know, but he had like nothing with him, right? And um, and actually, um, I don't know if you guys have read um, J.M. Coetzee's Foe, which is like a, ret- a 20th century retelling of uh, late 20th century retelling of Robinson Crusoe. I think one of the amazing things that Coetzee does in this is he takes everything away from Crusoe. Nice. Like he he's just and, and and so what he's doing in, in in Foe is like he's building all these terraces like for farmland, but he doesn't have any seeds. And this this uh, what the woman uh, Susan Barton who's on the island is like, dude, what what the fuck are you doing? He's like, well, I'm maybe someday people will come and farm but it's like it is so like creepy and weird but like in, in defoe's version 
yeah, he has like so much fucking shit with yeah. him. He is cheating, mm-hmm. but 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 like what? So why like working from a source text where you know the castaway had nothing like that? Um, did Defoe decide that like no, I want to basically give this person almost anything that like a colonist who had intentionally arrived at a place might have other than other people? Like what what is that about? What is that signifying? Like why is that the narrative he wants to tell? Well, I think because, well, part of it, I think it could be the fact that um, if he just washed up on the island, uh, it'd be a very short book because <laughs> yeah, he would just he die. Would die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He would just fucking die. Also, the, the real the real Robinson Crusoe, um, the, Ale- the one of the Krasenstein brothers, <laughs> whatever. Alexander Krasenstein. Uh, yeah. Um, he, didn't he go like totally cuckoo bananas? Yeah, he did. Because uh, that tends to be what happens to people who are in isolation. Of isolation. Yeah. Also, I think his diet, I mean, vitamin deficiencies and everything else happening, you know. <laughs> Not Robinson Crusoe. He has Not orange groves. Oh, yeah. And a country house. Like, you know, <laughs> it, yeah. Makes perfect sense. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah. He's a parrot that talks to him yeah. and says, Poor Robin Crusoe. Poor Robin Crusoe. Yeah. Where so have funny. you been? Yes, it's very, yes. That's pa- Paul. Very, very clever name too, Paul. Yeah. Paul the parrot. <laughs> uh. He's, well. I love that shit. I mean, he has to have everything because the question has to be either like what, what he doesn't have any people, right? So it's either that crisis or the crisis of like, well, uh, oh, so this is weird. I don't know the answer to this question. Is it better or worse not to have any people or not to have any stuff if you want to like come to jesus well it's better not to have any people if you want to come to jesus because jesus (laughs) is your only option that's true but wouldn't it be better to have no shit because then you would be like well i figured out that i i need to ask jesus for stuff yeah i i think that like so if you want to do like if well so so actually though in the like in, so Providence d- did supply him with this okay. stuff. Right. So in a way, like it, it is a present from Jesus, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, and I think that that yeah, like he 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 said it was like uh, he even gives odds, like it was like a hundred to one that the yeah. ship wouldn't have been accessible. So and he does take that as a sign of his like election, or at least that God um, that God uh, uh, it wants to give him a chance of some kind. Right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, so so that, yeah, so I, I do think that the, I, I do think that that sort of, like, that's a good answer to, like, how the theology of it might um, interplay as far as the, like, non-kind of theological politics to, or, or economics, maybe, like, it, it just, like, okay, it's a desert island narrative that just is, like, either incapable or just completely in, uninterested in really offering a space that is outside of the network yeah. of production and exchange. Yeah. You know, yeah. that it that that it doesn't, that, like, it, it's easier for it to imagine a space of no people than it is for of it no to crap. imagine a of space of no crap, of no commodities, of no right? Money. Of like, no, literally money yes, has to uh, be no there. Mon- yes, yes. There is money and not people. Like it's kind of amazing. It's like, yeah, yeah it, it is. It is. It, it is the the line that this is like a text of early capitalism is like absolute. I like. I don't even think that's really debatable. You know. I mean, that makes it's sense. not the life changing magic of tidying up. No, <laughs> he needs all. He clearly needs all the shit that he has with him on this island. 
Yes. I mean, also, he ain't no native genius. It's not like we think this particular guy is going to be the one who's like going to carve out a civilization by hand with his penknife. No, because he, he tells us he's a fuck off, right? Like he's like, there's a few, but he's like, oh, I wish I had actually paid attention all those times I was on a boat. I might right. like how you sail a ship. I might have <laughs> learned something, you know? Like, uh, Yeah, he's like too busy fainting. That's like anytime anything gets hard on the boat, he's like, he's fainting. Yeah. Yes. Not a brilliant guy, that Robin Crusoe. No. He gets the oh, but the funny thing is though, he has like great faith in himself. Like there, he's like, I I took to mind to become a a a, a craft brewer. <laughs> I wanted to do homebrew, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't have any barley or but, yeast. But or if hops. I hadn't been interrupted, yeah, yeah, I have none of the beer shit. But he's like, you know, if those if if those cannibals hadn't come, I am sure as shit I would have figured it out. Yeah, I mean, he- totally. The there, he's extremely proud that he has invented raisins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. And he brings <laughs> every other page. Yeah, to, totally, yeah. totally. Um, no, but he is—he is—he—he is like such a fucking dumbass, right? Like that. Like, yeah. So that um, I don't. Th- we didn't talk about the boat, right? Like, not not the ship, but like he, the, the moment oh, early no. on when he's like, "I'm going to sail myself off this island. I'm going to build <laughs> yeah. a boat." And and he so builds the this boat. giant fucking shit. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's basically like <laughs> yeah. like complete. And he builds it. He builds it like a hundred or two hundred yards from the water, and it's just impossible. So he spends like months on this, and then is like, oh shit, how am I going to get this into the, the water? He's just yeah. like a stone cold. Yeah, he is just a stone cold fucking dumbass. Like, <laughs> and he's also like, it stood there as a monument to bad ideas. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he's able to get a boat in the water, he's like, I feel like I don't know where this is going. Oh, right. Yeah, he just yes, bl- yeah. That is so good. Yes. He builds himself a raft, and he just blithely like launches out into the ocean, gets caught in this current. It's like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. <laughs> I and then, not like, fortunately, like the, cur- the current turns and is like, oh, okay, that was dumb. Uh, but, yeah. He constantly yeah. has those um, moments of like, you think like, oh man, you got a boat, like you built a boat, and then it's like the dumbest possible fucking thing. Like, isn't it? It's not a cedar, but it's something that is like a foot, wa- uh, like ten feet wide. Yes. It's yes. heavy as fuck. It's yeah. something yeah. I look he, yes, he, it up to see like are there are there canoes this big? <laughs> it, like ever. And the answer is like yes, there have been canoes that are built by like Haida people in southern Alaska for hunting fucking orca. Yeah, right. right. Yep. Like yep. that's what you need right. a canoe that big for. That's it. But the other thing is like why the fuck the book doesn't end, which I have no answer to. But I think it might be funny to just talk about how it does not fucking end when it's supposed to end. You know? Oh, that he gets off the island, and so instead we have to go to France. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And so he's why like, does the he book like end? So, yeah. 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 Exactly. Why? So that yeah, that that's a question that I've always had is like, why the fuck doesn't the book end when they leave the island? Like, there's another fifty fucking pages, right? And also, like, he leaves a bunch. He leaves all those jamokes on the island, which is like because they would be hanged if they went back to England. But he's also like, well, here's all the shit you could ever need, and also a bag of peas. He sends women back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that, yes, that that that's uh that in the sequel, the farther adventures of Robinson Crusoe, uh, he goes he goes back to the island right. and like discovers that uh, that it has descended into complete chaos in in, in his absence. Women. Like, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, but no, right? Like, so so he gets so he he they get rescued. They go back to Europe and you could kind of see like how you might need a couple pages that like, oh, like turns out his investment portfolio had done quite well. I'm not shitting. <laughs> like that is actually, that's yeah, something yeah. that happens. He got, he got rich by doing nothing. I like, felt I mean, like it had to be that fucking, way, right? Like that was just like where the so novel yeah, talk was about going. A, I mean, that is the, that is the story of the fail son white dude, yes. right? But like. <laughs> yeah. You have double dick first. Billions of dollars, sir. <laughs> Um, so I could see how he could take a couple pages for that, but no, it's like Friday and, and Crusoe have to go through the Pyrenees and Friday fights a bear in the snow. And like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. I mean, part of me is like, oh, early English novel. Maybe Defoe is like, I don't know how you end a novel. How does that work? But like, you know. Bring a bear. In well, so have, I mean, it's like I, I, when I started this novel, I knew what like novel I was in. And then by the end I was, I was going like, oh, I'm in the Revenant now. Like I am in a novel yes. entirely <laughs> yep. different. Like it's, it's, I yes. am in two different books. Yeah, it's it's extremely weird. Um, but I feel like, except uh, isn't aren't like seventeen? I know this is an eighteenth century novel in the sort of like uh, periodization, but it's an it's actually a seventeenth century novel, no? Well, in terms of yes, that's right. It's a, it's set, it's, it's set it's set in the mid seventeenth century. Right, yeah. but when is it published? Oh, seventeen nineteen. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought it was yeah. But but well, actually, no. But you know what though, like. Defoe is actually more of a 17th. So Defoe was was 59 when he wrote oh, this book. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Like he was hella fucking old. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, he was he was almost 30 by the time of the Glorious Revolution. Oh, wow. He had his whole career in business in the 1690s. He didn't even really start writing in earnest until the early 18th century. So he he kind of is more a product in some ways of the 17th century than he is of the 18th century. Because I feel like early um, novels often end in a way that you're like, oh, I don't know how this ends. And I guess it's not like a play, so I guess I'm just going to stop in some weird place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think that's that. I think that's that makes sense to me. Um, the other thing is that yeah, that he like he just really wanted to kind of see what happens when he brings these two people yeah. back back to Europe. Um, yeah. But it's 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 like I like I actually like I I, I understand Megan's complaints to how this is written. I I do actually find it like real just as kind of experiment and like early narrative form like super interesting but god there's like to me you, you think the lists are are a challenge to me it's the last 30 pages it's like oh, oh yeah, my god why the fuck dull. am i still reading yeah. this like you know, so. oh i love that shit actually like because his his deal like that to me is his, it's because it's hysterical i mean it's bonkerinos yes yes yeah like we have gotten truly, like we have gone off the rails. This is like yeah. this is one of those books where you're just like, oh, there never was like some slide into like opium use at the end of you know, like there's some. <laughs> it's like it's like the Shakespeare version of Antony and Cleopatra. I was like, were you drunk? Like there's, you did not do good job with this. <laughs> it is like when a student becomes very tired right yeah the paper, yeah, yeah exactly and yeah. The end yes like, yes yes like i see where this has gone crazy um okay so katie do you have questions for us well i i 
would like uh, to take questions from you and not actually me. It's not me who wants to take the questions <laughs> from you. It's Robinson Crusoe who'd like to take the <laughs> questions Lovely. from Lovely. you. So uh, there is this tradition um, that Robinson Crusoe is a part of called Bibliomancy, where you open the Bible to uh, a random page and take the message that uh, it gives you. And there's a, no- there's a novel, uh, which I think is Wilkie Collins' The Moonstone, but please email, tweet, um, <laughs> Carrier Pigeon if that's, that's incorrect, where uh, the butler can't make decisions without opening to a uh, random page of Robinson Crusoe and like taking the message. So I <laughs> thought we could do that. I have um, lightly curated uh, bits of Robinson Crusoe that I feel may apply to the challenges and, um, you know, queries of your of your life, um, be it about, you know, uh, relationships, finances, um, uh, life purpose, whatever you'd like to ask. And then I will just go wherever uh, I'm divinely ordained yes. um, into this selection of Robinson Crusoe quotes. And and maybe we can just like sort of interpret um, – I mean, I'm happy to give my interpretation and um, we can just kind of maybe interpret together. And we'll do we'll – do, We'll do uh, a bunch of quick ones um, so we can like really sort of get the sense of what message we're and receiving. And we can, t- we can tarot deck our lives. Mm-hmm. Then you yes. have to do one at the end. Absolutely. Okay. Who do you want to see? Who do you want to go first? Um, oh, goodness. Uh, let's just go like round robin maybe. Okay. okay. Um, so, uh, okay. So first – question um yeah megan what would you like to ask robinson i would like crusoe? to ask robinson crusoe if i should eat more vegetables should you eat more vegetables okay <laughs> I'm reaching into the magic magic quote container here to find the answer for you okay here we go um in this journey my dog surprised a young kid and seized upon it running in to take hold of it, caught it, and saved it alive from the dog. Um, I had often been musing whether it might not be possible to get a kid or two to raise a breed of tame goats. I made a collar for this little creature and led him along, though with some difficulty, till I came to my bower, and there I enclosed him and left. Okay, so let's interpret this. I think it means you should not eat more vegetables. I think that it means that you should yeah, eat more goat. Yeah, I heard I yes, should eat more meat. Absolutely. But yeah, yes. And by the way, goat is a very underrated meat in the United States. It is it's so it's delicious. Goat is delicious. And and it's very and, you know, to, to be to be uh you know, leftist here. It's actually one of the more environmentally conscious It is the meats. least environmentally destructive. Mhm. So fuck vegetables is what yeah, I have learned. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Fuck vegetables this is this is is great i'm gonna just do this this in my real life yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's good okay Okay. tristan you ready all right robinson crusoe should i learn to code (laughs) oh okay okay here we go 
So here's the answer to should I learn to code. Going one morning to see my traps, I found in one of them a large he-goat, and in one of the others, three kids, a male and a female. As to the old one, I knew not what to do with him. He was so fierce, I durst not go into the pit with him. That is to say, to bring him away alive, which was what I wanted. I could have killed him, but that was not my business, nor answer my end. So I let him out, and he ran away. Uh, But I did not then know what I afterwards learned, that hunger will tame a lion. If I'd let him stay three or four days without food and then carried him some water to drink and then a little corn, he would have been as tame as one of the kids, for they are mighty, sagacious, tractable creatures when they are well used. Okay. So my interpretation of this is don't learn to code. And (laughs) the reason I say this um, is because coding is like an old mean goat that you don't quite know yep. what to do with. Um, <laughs> you don't. I like. Yeah. You don't yes. need to tame it. Just let it go. Let it go. You'll get it next time. I I like the I like this answer. I, I like and I agree, right? Because like taming the goat is like imposing this like system of like ones and zeros yeah. on the goat, and fuck that. And also, don't fucking learn to code. No one should learn to code. But you should don't eat more goat. I do think that you this should is eat more goat. Absolutely. Point. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yes. Cool. Two for two. Good. All right, answers. Katie. So I'm going to ask. I've been tossing this around for a while, and I want to know if I should get a dog. So Robinson Crusoe, should I get a dog? (laughs) There were goats in the island, which was a great (laughs) And then it was attended with this misfortune to me, that they were so shy, so subtle, so swift of foot, that it was the most difficult thing in the world to come at them. But I was not discouraged at this, not doubting, but now – and then sh- shoot one, as it soon happened. For after I had found their haunts a little, I laid in wait in this manner for them. So I think what this means is that I should shoot a dog. <laughs> <laughs> I I think it means that you should get a yeah. boat as a pet. I mean, alternately, I, I the dog food that we feed our dogs uh, – has a lot of different like protein options and they definitely have a goat one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I love that. I also think what it means is that Robinson Crusoe definitely fucked one of these <laughs> For goats. Sure. Oh yeah. One. I mean, oh, I did. I'm sorry. I did. I, we should have specified that earlier on. He definitely oh, fucked yeah. goats. The There's goat no fucker aspect of this book is like really strong. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's strong energy fucking a goat. Yes. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, so Megan, I want to know, I am teaching the first year uh, college core in the fall, and I want to know what I should do on the first day of class. Mm, okay. Let's find out here. Okay. <sighs> January 1st. This evening, going farther into the valleys, which lay toward the center of the island, I found that there were plenty of goats, though exceedingly shy and hard to come at. Um, okay. I feel like that's just telling me that I'm going to go into a room full of young people, which I already know. I think that it, whatever you can do to sort of draw them out, they're exceedingly shy. Right. Hard to come they at. They are exceedingly shy. Then I will remember my compassion 
beautiful. That is beautiful. See, I was thinking like it, you could uh, an AP bio s- scenario, right? Like, so you're a literature PhD, right? And it's a literature class, but it's much like in that sitcom, like he's teaching something that has nothing to do with. You could really, you could, you could like teach them goat anatomy, yeah. like do a goat do dissection on the first husbandry. day. <laughs> yeah exactly hell yes make, <laughs> make it an ag school I'm gonna have to read some stuff you it do. is no problem I'm just gonna have to self-educate on this one or don't and just, <laughs> just wing know, it wing it you know <laughs> that looks like a stomach I think how many does it have guys three <laughs> is it a ruminant I, made it I like up. it <laughs> I don't okay they're gonna love that they're very open-minded I will say Perfect. Tristan, would you like to ask Robinson Crusoe anything sure. else? As you, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, you get, we're, I think one of the reasons why we're such good friends and wanted to do this podcast is we really, really are devotees of Marie Kondo and mm. her philosophy of, of life and organization. So I, I want to ask Robinson Crusoe, should I in fact get rid of everything that does not bring me joy in my house? Oh, Okay. You better be careful. You do have a kid, so. There is also no such thing as a life without cathexis. Like, that's not a thing we can have. Yes. Uh, Marie Kondo is dumb and bad. I just, yeah, this is a joke in case, in case saying, that wasn't a parent. You know, I don't buy this because that's no more philosophy. Oh, okay. 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 Ready? Yes. This is good. It was, therefore, a good, very good providence to me that I had furnished myself with a tame breed of goats <laughs> and that I had no need to hunt any more about the woods or shoot at them. And if I had to hunt any of them after this, it was by traps and snares, as I had done before. I never fired my gun off once. I had saved three pistols out of the ship. I always carried them with me, or at least two of them, sticking them in my goat skin belt. <laughs> I think you have to kill your cats, Tristan. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, honestly, like, that's not like it hasn't crossed my <laughs> mind. Spark joy. Yeah. Um, see, I actually think that inst- it's not about removing stuff in this case, but that I should get a goat. So to my mm. wife, sorry, honey, we're going to have a billy goat soon in our <laughs> city apartment. An old Billy Goat, you know, one missing with giant, giant balls, like missing pieces of its beard. That oh, you know, this, that, like that, that its whole, its whole, like pre, its whole, its whole, like aggressive stance is to like pee on its beard as it's like pawing the ground, you know, <laughs> looking real grizzled. Gotta go to the farm and see the pen that has all the kick marks everywhere. It's like that's our guy. He's coming home with us. <laughs> a little satanic. Nobody minds. Oh, oh, like Satan? Yeah, it's fine. All right, Katie, ask Robinson Crusoe what you should do. Oh, I'd love to ask Robinson Crusoe what I should do. Okay. So this is a question that it's, 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 it's more of a serious question, actually. Um, Something that I've been struggling with for a long time. Um, What I want to know is uh, should I move on to a new phase of my life and leave behind my bangs <laughs> by growing them out. Okay. So let's see if I should do it. Okay. Okay. Whew, this is a big moment. December 27th. Kill the young goat. 
and <laughs> lamed another so that I caught it and led it home in a string. When I had it at home, I bound and splintered up its leg, which was broke. <laughs> I took such care of it that it lived, and the leg grew well and strong as ever. But by nursing it so long, it grew tame and fed upon the little green at my door. It would not go away. This was the first time that I entertained the thought of breeding up some tame creatures that I might have food and shot when my when my powder and shot I'm was I'm so spent. glad you get to keep and tame your bangs. Me yeah. too. Yeah, no, I, that one that, that one was That was a very happy story for us. Yeah, yeah. I feel yes. like uh, yeah. necromancy, bibliomancy is like my new uh, – <laughs> this is big. This is big news. Yeah. If you want to do necromancy too, we can do that. <laughs> no, it's just my yes, poor brain when definitely. In, in a sleepy direction, which, you know, well, that's the best I can do. Thank you. Okay. This has been Better Red Than cool. Dead. You can find Tristan on Twitter at TJ Schweiger. You can find Katie at Katie Crywo. You can find me at Tesslersaurus. You can find the show on Twitter at Better Red Pod, spelled R-E-A-D. And email us at betterredpodcast at gmail.com, but only if it's a list of every item you have in your home. And also a plan <laughs> on how you've built everything you've ever built. So uh, in the coming weeks, we yeah. have In Cold Blood and Little Women and Gulliver's Travels and a lot of other great stuff. Our theme song is Love Bronstein by the Redskins, and our logo was created by Jane Bonsack of JB Design and Content.